Hey, good morning, church. Good morning. We'll be on here in a minute. Good to see you this morning. We have a lot going on today, and we're uh, privileged that uh, you're here and that uh, you have uh, joined us during this wonderful service of uh, not only baptism, but also of membership. Am I on yet? Do you hear me yet? Not yet. Maybe here. There we go. Day today, before uh, we get into all that and into some announcements, let me just read a portion of scripture for us. After two, I think it's appropriate. Uh, it's an appropriate scripture for us to think about, uh, especially in light of what we're doing today. Uh, beginning in verse six. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught according, uh, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him as who is the head and the ruler and the, the, the authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the powerful work of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the word of the Lord, and we thank him for it. A couple of announcements that we want to give you today, and glad you're sitting down because there's more than a couple. So here we go. Donation receipts. Don't turn me off yet. <laughs> I just got started. Donation receipts are available uh, to you. And uh, if you want to, to have that, you can pick them up today in the foyer or you can pick them up uh, during the week at the office uh, February 27th is going to be an exciting uh, evening of, of worship and prayer. And uh, it starts at 6.30. It's our concert of prayer. And we're going to be uh, meeting in the fellowship hall this time. And it's just going to be a really wonderful, intimate time of prayer and uh, encouraging one another. I just really want to encourage you to come out to that, uh, February 27th. Um, also, there's going to be a new small group uh, that is starting the Hennigans and Barbara and I are going to be giving some leadership to it. We're going to start on um, the uh, 25th, Friday. It's going to be at 7 o'clock, and we're going to start here at the church. And then hopefully as things open up, we'll move into homes. But if you'd like to be a part of that small group, it's going to be, uh, the topic is discipleship, uh, the making of a, of a disciple. And if you'd like to be a part of that small group, uh, we would welcome you and just uh, let, let me know. Um, 
March 13th is a ways away, but we want to begin announcing this now. Big change, exciting change is going to be happening. Not only is it the time change, whoop, whoop, right? <laughs> Nobody likes the time change. Not only is it the time change, but we're also changing the time of the service from 10 o'clock to 10.30. Now, there's a madness behind the method. We're also on that day going to begin uh, doing some uh, uh, classes on discipleship training. We're, doing a, we're going to begin a series of classes. We've called it Pipeline to Spiritual Maturity. Uh, the church membership and baptism class is a part of that, but then we're going to be going, the next sessions we're going to be going into is uh, what is spiritual maturity? And uh, I'll be teaching those classes beginning at 9 o'clock. So that's going to give us from 9 to 10 o'clock a good hour for that, for that teaching uh, before the service starts at 10.30. And so we want to encourage you to attend those classes, but uh, also remember that we're going to be changing the service to 10.30 to accommodate that because we don't want this just to be a one-off thing, but rather we want it to be a kind of a D, the DNA of the church. We want to be a disciple-making, a spiritual maturity growing church. And uh, these classes are, are going to be a part of that. Uh, and it's going to be a cyclical thing. They're going to do that. And then I'm going to be teaching a course uh, on evangelism. What is evangelism? How do we share our faith? Not only techniques, but also vision for doing that, etc. And so that's, that's going to be an exciting thing for me and for you as well. Um, now, have a couple of very exciting things to announce to you. We want to... Uh, uh, hand out some congratulations this morning. Number one, we want to congratulate uh, Brooklyn and Chase on on their engagement. Will you stand, Brooklyn and Chase? And and uh, and of course they're together this morning. We're, we're that's awesome. And we want to also uh, congratulate Mel and Alyssa on their uh, engagement. Will you stand? Congratulations to all you guys. I don't know. It's just been a long winter, and, you know, they just, you know, this stuff happens. It's the weather or the water or something, but we're really happy for you guys, and congratulations. It, when? When's the wedding? Well, I'm sure you'll get an invitation when it happens. <laughs> we'll let you know. Now, this morning, uh, we're going to be having a baptism. And uh, the first, the, the baptism we're going to have, be having is uh, Tina Krizanowski. And uh, before she's baptized, she has pre-recorded uh, her testimony, which is going to be played right now. <laughs> I have been asked to say a few words, uh, and it will be short. Uh, but I just sort of asked to wrap up, to kind of put a bow on the Sunday. Uh, and that's not hard, because it has been a very special day. Uh, in fact, you know, it's Family Day weekend. What's better way to uh, celebrate Family Day weekend than to welcome newcomers into our church family? And even though the things that we do around, you know, the idea of membership uh, here at church is some of it's a result of, you know, government regulations and keeping our charitable status. And there's lots of people who see it just as a, you know, formal church membership. It's just, it's more red tape. Uh, it's not really something that's biblical. I get that. I get all that. Uh, after all, you don't need an official document to be part of the family of God. But even after saying all of that, 
Um, I want to argue that membership still matters. Because by joining us in membership, it's a way for the people that we heard this morning to publicly say they are ready to commit their time and their energy and their resources and their prayers to this body. Uh, they're ready to support this church. They, 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 they know that the way that they now live their lives is going to be a reflection of this church's reputation. And it's a statement that Northgate Baptist is now the place they choose to belong. And belonging matters. Um, because in so many ways in this world of ours, we, we really do need each other. We need people to depend on. Uh, we need people who, no matter how bad things look, they won't give up on us. They'll have our back. After all, we're, we were created for fellowship. Uh, we were created uh, to, you know, praise and pray and laugh and cry and everything else. We were created to do all of those things with other human beings by our side. Uh, I've said this before, but the author of Paradise Lost says... Uh, Loneliness is the first thing that God said was not good. Uh, if you remember, Adam walked in the Garden of Eden with God. He had all of his needs were met. He had food, he had shelter, he had an ideal environment. There was no pain, there's no suffering, no sin, no death. And yet, in his solitude, Adam's soul suffered. His lack of human company left him incomplete. He was alone, and God said, It is not good. And that's why God gave us the gift of each other, of one another, so that we can be there for each other and just share our lives together. Um, in fact, that's what the word fellowship means when you read it in the Bible. It's the Greek word koinonia, and the root of that word means to share. We share our lives. We share our burdens with each other. We share our needs. We, we're just there for each other, sharing all that we are with other people. Because as a church, we're joined together in fellowship with, another, with one another as part of the family of God, together. And that's what we talked about last time when we talked about First John. We talked about family, being part of the family of God. But it's also what Paul had in mind when he wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 19, he says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the home structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of God. In him, you are also being built together into the dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And again, those verses remind us that you know, some of the Bible's favorite language for speaking about believers is as members of God's household, as, as family. And, you know, family is defined by more than just sort of a relationship of convenience. Family is a relationship defined by love. As Jesus said, you know, John 13, 35, By this all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Love is what joins our family together as the family of God. And when there's weeping, we share with the pain of the one who's weeping. When there's joy, we celebrate that joy as if it was our own. When there's pain, we seek to heal. When there's a need, we seek to help. When someone tires, we come alongside them to encourage them and support them. When someone falls, we, we pick them back up. Because we are no longer alone. We're no longer strangers and aliens. We're part of God's household, the family of God. And you know, maybe you've heard those powerful stories coming out of the horrors of war about the deep friendships that soldiers find as they fight side by side in the trenches. And I know that, you know, most days we don't face life and death situations when it comes to our faith, but as believers we realize we're still in a spiritual battle. 
And we will find hard times and there'll be struggles that come along the way. You know, uh, people get hurt. You know, sometimes life dishes out disappointments and broken dreams and sometimes, as I said, people fall. But it's good to know in the face of all of those things that we have to go through that there will be people standing beside us, people who will encourage us, people who will, will pray for us, people who will love us, and that we have a place where we belong as part of this family of God. And as part of the family of God, we see next in this verse that it's also a family that's built on a strong foundation. This is so important to, 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 to understanding our family. Verse 20 says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. This family that we're a part of is a community that is founded upon the apostles and the prophets. And why the apostles and prophets? Because they were the proclaimers of God's truth. And the teaching and the preaching of the truth of God is something that has to be central to the church. You know, we read just a selection of verses. Uh, Acts 2, verse 42, they joined with the other believers and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes in verse 1, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. 2 Thessalonians 2.15, Brothers, stand firm and hold on to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. 2 Timothy uh, 1, verses 13-14, Whatever you have heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter Chapter 1, verses 12, verse 12, he says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. The basis upon which the truth is built is, is, is uh, the church is built is on the truth and sound doctrine written by the apostles and prophets and preserved for us in the word of God. And that is one of the reasons that as a church family, we have a statement of faith. Because we need to be in agreement about the truths that we believe. We're not just a community. We're a community that is founded upon truth. But you know, not only just that, Paul also reminds us our community is built on Christ himself. Verse 20 again, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. You know, in ancient times, the cornerstone wasn't just ceremonial. It wasn't just sort of for show. It was an integral part of a building's foundation. James Boyce says about the cornerstone, it says, the cornerstone fixed the angle of the building and became the standard which the architect traced all the walls and the arches throughout. The cornerstone determined the placement of every other stone. And that means if Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the church, it's Christ who is our standard. It is Christ who is the center of our faith and the focus of all that we do. You know, as a part of the family of God, Christ is the focus of our worship. He's the focus of our preaching, the focus of our teaching, the focus of our praying, the focus of our serving. He's the focus of our living, our daily lives surrendered to him. For the church, the church must be focused upon Christ. Um, it's founded in Christ, sustained by Christ, and it begins with Christ. So what does that mean for us? Well, look at verse 21 and 22. It says, In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the, by the Spirit. As a family, as, as a church, our goal is to be built up together. You know, I think of Hebrews 10. 
Uh, beginning in verse 24, it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some in the habit of uh, doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing close. You know, the church is not to be a stagnant place, but a dynamic place, a place where growth happens, a place where, where we, we are, you know, reaching greater maturity in Christ and see that happening in the lives of the people around us, a place where, you know, uh, where we're helping each other just, you know, grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus. A place where we're being built up in faith and discovering what new life and eternal life that Jesus talked about and the, the life of just walking with Jesus daily looks like. It's a place where we're actively making disciples. Because remember, Jesus, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. There, you know, there's something truly special that happens. It's something remarkable when believers get together. When we get together, Jesus shows up and God dwells among us and we are together. We become the body of Christ. We become his hands and his feet and his voice reaching into the world that longs for his touch. And our community becomes the evidence that God has taken up residence among his people. And that's why there's really no such thing as a lone ranger Christian because if you're trying to do it alone, you're doing it wrong. God calls us to community. And if you want to grow as believers, you know, you can do that best as being part of community. And, you know, I don't say any of this this morning, you know, uh, to coerce you. This is not a recruitment drive kind of sermon. You don't need that piece of paper, uh, you know, to, to be a part of the family of God. But we all need community to belong to. And we're thankful for all of you who have made Northgate their church family. And we just want to continue to, 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 to invite people to be a part of it, to invite people to say, this is a place where you can belong. And if you haven't done that official membership, that you're still part of this family, and we still cherish you and love you as, as one of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because that's what this church is striving to, striving to be. We long to be the kind of community that reflects the love of Christ among us. To be a church where people are welcomed, where no one needs to fake it to fit in. A place where people can be healed of their hurts and where their burdens are shared. A place where friendships are genuine and they're deep and they're lifelong. Where even in the middle of the night, you know there'll be a caring and listening ear that'll be available. Where you're no longer isolated, you're no longer alone, you no longer have to do it by yourself, you're no longer foreigners or strangers or aliens. You're part of a family. We want to be a place that people will come because they know they're truly loved and cared for. A place where people grow and where they're discipled and where they're equipped to serve and where we proclaim God's truth. A place where children are encouraged to make you know, faith their own and where young people are encouraged to, to lead. A place where people are comfortable admitting their needs and sharing their sorrows because they know that life can hurt. But it hurts a little bit less when we do it together. And in the end, in this place, in this church, it is our hope that our hearts would find a place of belonging. A place where people can feel accepted and loved and cared for. A place where we can honestly be ourselves without shame. A place where we're there for each other. Struggling through this fallen world together, finding strength from being part of the family of God as we're united together in Christ. And that's what we're celebrating today. Join me in prayer. Father God, this has been...
It's been a wonderful day. Lord, as we heard those testimonies, as we talked about how you have changed lives, we see the difference that salvation and a relationship with you can make. And even seeing that step of obedience in the waters of baptism, it's so encouraging, and we celebrate it. And it's a reminder that we are just part of the larger family of God. That we're no longer strangers, we're no longer aliens, we're part of your household, we are the children of God, we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we belong together. And we pray that you would help us make this church a place of belonging. And Lord, we're not perfect. We, we don't claim to be a perfect church and we have all of our own issues, but Lord, I pray that you would help us to do our best to live out the truth that you have called us to live as the family of God. And that we would do that together. That we would be loving each other and serving and encouraging each other and bearing each other's burdens. And that, Lord, we would be founded upon the truth of the word of God and upon Jesus Christ himself as our chief cornerstone. And that, Lord, in all of these things, we would be unified and that we would live out our lives as a testimony to the world around us, that our love of this family of God that is Northgate Baptist Church would be a testimony to the world. And that, Lord, they would see the difference that you have made in each of our lives. And we thank you that, Lord, we are part of this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise. Hello. Please rise for the last worship song.